Well, Merry Christmas, everybody, and kids, thanks for helping us out with our Christmas service today. Great job on that video, and great job with the song. I love having you all in here. So this is our family Christmas service. We do this every year where we invite the kids in to be a part, and we've even got some of our volunteers passing out activity packs for the kids as well to enjoy. Um, little ins insider secret is I'm going to preach a message, but it's going to be a lot shorter than it usually is because <laughs> we've got a whole, all the family in here. So this is, uh, this is fun. The kids add to the celebration. My name is Bruce Wood. I'm the pastor, the lead pastor here at Valley Lights. And if I haven't got a chance to meet you yet, I would love to after our service. So stick around. I do want to give you a real quick update before we launch into some of the, the Christmas message for today. I'd love to give you an update for, um, Marie had mentioned we're going to be moving to Rio Norte Junior High School. And in order to do that, we need to move from this facility, which we're kind of, we're in here 24-7, um, and where we're going is going to be, we're only going to be there on Sunday morning. So we're going to be a portable church again. And so we got some... Um, I had a, a mentioned a few weeks ago that uh, one church donated a trailer, a large 26-foot trailer to us, and also some large rolling cases that we can store all of our equipment. Um, those trailers run around anywhere from ten dollars to $18,000, and the cases is six dollars to $12,000. And so God has really provided for us in an amazing way we, by uh, providing the resources that we need for that really big move in January. And... It's, it's been exciting to see as we are getting ready to move in the direction of what I believe is God's leading. Um, it's, it's really exciting because where God guides, God provides. And he's been providing for us some other things that I think that we're going to need are, um, uh, we're going to need to really enhance our sound system. And we also are going to need a truck in order to pull that trailer. And um, there was just another church this week that, um, is going to let us borrow this monster truck right here, which is going to be amazing for us uh, to, be able to, to be able to begin pulling that in January. And so it was just another example of God's amazing and timely provision for us, um, really allowing us to um, not dump our resources, what we have, into the move. And so I just wanted to give an update to you. It's really exciting that God's been providing for us. And so today, today's Christmas. Uh, or today's our, our Christmas service. Actually, Christmas is, how, how far away are we from Christmas? A week. Oh, it's next Sunday. That's it's so close, just a week away. And one, a really big moment for me, I remember just getting so excited about, you know, of course, the presents. I was like any other kid. And uh, one real special Christmas was uh, I, got, I got the biggest gift out of everybody. It was so big. Uh, my parents had to wrap it with a bed sheet. And so this is what it was. <laughs> this was uh, me with my very first drum set. <laughs> and the drum set's there under the sheet. My mom cut out um, two Bruce with love out of wrapping paper, so she didn't have to wrap the whole thing. <laughs> and uh, oh, I was so excited. This was, this was a big moment for me because this music is a really big part of my life right now. And this was kind of one of the first things was like my drum set. And I don't know what my parents were thinking getting a drum set, and, the, and I put it in my room and everything, and that was really fun. Presents are fun. I remember as a kid, when I was around this age, I wanted December to fly by, and I wanted Christmas Day to last forever. <laughs> and what usually happens is that waiting for Christmas felt like eternity, and Christmas morning felt criminally short. 
<laughs> it was over so fast, especially the opening of the presence time. You know, when you're opening up presence, it's such a great feeling for a very short time. <laughs> and I don't know if you've ever heard this phrase before, all good things must come to an end. Have you ever heard that phrase? People have said that before to you. Whoever came up with that phrase, maybe, maybe they were a pessimistic person. You're like, why do you have to say that? All things got to come to an end. Or maybe, maybe they were maybe somewhat optimistic and they wanted to encourage people to appreciate things while they last. I hate to say it, but I think, I think the saying is pretty much true because, you know, good things, a lot of good things do come to an end. If you're a kid, you've got a lot of great toys, and, but, you know, uh, sometimes the toys, they wear out or they break or you, you get over it and it's not... I mean, that's, that's no good anymore. That's always so thing, those good things come to an end. Or if you're a kid and you're at a friend's house, then eventually you got to go home. Sometimes we're like driving home and uh, my kids will ask, like, who's coming over tonight? And we'll be like, nobody, it's just us. They're like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, hey, we're, we're exciting too. Uh, but, you know, it's so fun being at your friend's house. Eventually that runs out. Or if you're playing at an arcade and you're swiping that card to play more games, that pass runs out eventually. Toys break, fun times wrap up, and for adults we experience this as well. All good things come to an end. We enjoy different activities than kids as you grow, but we experience similar disappointments because every vacation eventually comes to an end, and you gotta go back home, gotta go back to work. Every, actually even good health runs out. Our physical strength runs out. I went on a, I went on a big hike yesterday in the snow, and um, I have enough strength to do really hard hikes, um, but eventually that's pr probably gonna run out. Even when you're a parent. You know, sometimes parents who have their kids that are grown miss the joy of having little kids running around the house because, you know, they turn into teenagers and that changes everything. So, and then even, even sometimes good relationships end. So what do you think? Do you think that all good things must come to an end? I don't know if you've experienced that in your life, I want to show you today a part of the Bible briefly that helps us answer that question and also points us to the Christmas season that we're in right now. And we're going to look back at a time when the people of Israel experienced a really good life that eventually came to an end. The nation of Israel had incredible glory days and prosperity. Life was really, really good, but then life started crumbling. The good old days were gone. Their country and their government was weak. Then all of a sudden they were facing the threat of invasion. Homeland security in Israel at this time was at a record low. Enemy nations were prowling, wanting to take over Israel. And at one point, Ahaz was the king of Judah, which was the southern part of Israel, and he had no regard for God. Instead of looking to God for help while facing the threat of invasion, King Ahaz made an alliance with the enemy king of Assyria. It's a bad move because Instead of helping them fight off the invasions, the Assyrians themselves turned on their alliance and then invaded Judah themselves. So what we, we're going to see in a second, but the king was let down by the very source of help that he depended on. And all the good times in Israel were coming to an end is what it seemed like. At this time, they were putting their trust in the wrong thing and it cost them greatly. I don't know if you've ever hoped for something that didn't pan out. You put your hope in something, and then you were disappointed by the result. I don't know if you were hoping for a better job 
to come through and that didn't work. Either you didn't get it or it didn't turn out to be the kind of job that you wanted it to be. Or you're hoping for a better house. That didn't pan out. Or an opportunity to advance in your life. Or an opportunity for a relationship and things just didn't pan out. I don't know if you've ever trusted somebody and then they let you down. A family member or a close friendship or a relationship. Or if you've ever been under a leader who you thought would bring you good, but it turns out they allow damage into your life. And so there's things that we experience, not unlike you know, what the king did at this time. They put, their, you know, they put their hope in the wrong thing, really relied heavily on the wrong thing, and then felt very let down by the thing that they were depending on. Right, has anybody here seen the movie Elf? That's, that's a Christmas. Has anybody watched it already <laughs> this season? More than, anybody watched it more than once already this Christmas season? Yes, okay. I could, I could keep going the number up on that. All right, so, but, you know, Elf, he experienced this too, right? Because he was really, he really wanted a relationship with his dad. And, uh, you know, it turns out, at most of the movie, his dad's just trying to get away from him. And his dad was on the naughty list. So here's, here's, a, here's a clip of that part of the movie. A little more volume, if you don't mind. Hey, buddy. Your father. Well, he's on the money list. No! <laughs> That's his dad right there. Oh, so disappointing. Rejection. And a lot of that movie, Buddy's dad was just letting him down. So I don't know. That's, that's, a, that's a, a fun movie, but maybe there's been times in your life where you felt let down or you felt disappointed about how things turned out in life. Maybe you missed the good things that you once had, but now it's gone. The people of Israel were let down and greatly disappointed in life, and all of those good things did come to an end for them. And Isaiah was a prophet, who was a, was a spokesman for God, who described the distress that they would experience. Here's what he said. When they were this, in this bad, rough situation, in Isaiah chapter 8, verses 21 and 22, it says, they will wander through the land, dejected and hungry. Here we go. When they are famished, they will become enraged, and looking upward, they will curse their king and their God. These people actually were now turning on God. They're so disappointed. They will look toward the earth and see only distress, darkness, and the gloom of affliction, and they will be driven into thick darkness. Now, this is a, this is a, this is a pretty gloomy description of how the people were feeling at that time and how they felt about God at that time. Ultimately, these people experienced so much trouble. It was so much trouble, but it's really because they hadn't put their trust in God. They thought they would be good to figure out life on their own, and their best plans and efforts left them wanting. But it's in the midst of all that trouble that God gave his people a glimmer of hope. 
Here's what he says in Isaiah 9. It says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. A light has dawned on those living in the land of darkness. So the light, the glimmer of hope that was going to come, was news about a very special baby that was going to be born. And here, Isaiah, here's a verse that maybe you've heard before. And actually, this is um, a verse that we've been using throughout this month of December. It says, For, for to us a child is born. They didn't know his name was going to be Jesus yet. But it says, To us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called. Now there's these four amazing titles. Again, they didn't, know, they didn't have the name Jesus yet. But there's these titles. Wonderful Counselor. We actually looked at that title and what that means a couple weeks ago. Mighty God. We talked about that last week. Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace we'll talk about Christmas Eve. But today, Everlasting Father is a really significant title. And if you want, use that handout that you received because it has this verse on there and you can write some notes. But we have this idea that Jesus is coming, a baby's going to be born. And also, you know, it says, for, for to us, a child is born. When you hear the phrase, the child, what do you think of? Over, over the past few years, <laughs> do we have any Star Wars fans in the house? I know we do. Um, over the past few years, Disney Plus has released a TV show around Christmas time with a lovable little green character called The Child. <laughs> I, don't know if, I don't know if you watched The Mandalorian. This is a show, and this whole time, this baby, he's not Baby Yoda. His name's, who's, what's his name? Grogu. Oh, oh, we do have some fans in the house. Okay. So he's, there's this little, there's a little, they're trying to rebrand the child that comes at Christmas time. That's how I, I'm feeling a little slighted by that. No matter how good Disney's branding is, the child that I will always care the most about during the Christmas season is Jesus. He is the reason that we celebrate this wonderful holiday. And for Israel, the prophecy, this prophecy about the coming child was packed full of meaning and hope. And so I want to show you a video that conveys some of the weight of these four incredible titles. There's such glorious truth in who Jesus would be to us. And so check out this video. What name could contain such a glory? In the cool breezes of Eden, brought from the infant earth, one rose, the voice of his creator speaking his identity to life. Adam, man. And as heaven waited short with bread, the creator spoke yet another. Israel needed a father's touch. When we, with grief 
lost our way to dark horizons. It is our everlasting Father who lights the way home. He is Prince of Peace. When, like Elijah, we need the still small voice in the turmoil's midst. When, like David, we need the melodies of his presence to soothe our troubled minds. He is sanctuary within our trials. Shepherd guiding us to still waters. Yes, he is wonderful counselor. God who gives counsel in the chaos, crafting disorder into calm and failure into beauty. He is a voice for the voiceless. He is dignity for the stateless soul. It is he who raised up a lowly shepherd to become a king. He who took the fishermen of Galilee and made them leaders of history. It is the counselor who redeems our lost years, breaking chains that have kept dreams imprisoned and joy confined. The name reaches across eternity, explained by the splendors of galaxies, sung by the passions of angels, roared in heaven's fervor, exalted in creation's unfettered rejoicing. What name could contain him? What title? What soul? Looking at all these incredible names of Jesus and his character and his power and his presence in our life, it, it makes us step back and say, wow, it's so amazing that God sent Jesus to earth for us. This Jesus truly is incredible. So throughout this month of December, we've been looking at those four titles that the child, this child Jesus has been given. And today I just want to spend a couple minutes looking at the Everlasting Father title. And why is Jesus, who was born a baby, described as an everlasting father, especially when God is known as the father? Well, the word father in this title doesn't just mean uh, dad. It comes from a Hebrew word that's used as dad, but it also means other things. Father in, in the Old Testament also means originator or ruler or owner. So basically, Jesus will be known as the owner or the ruler of all eternity. The focus of this title is less on his fatherness and more on his everlasting or eternal nature. So this news of an everlasting king would have been especially wonderful for the people of Israel to hear. So many things in their lives were not everlasting. All of the good things were coming to an end. That phrase, all things come to an end, that was a very distressing reality for them. And for us too, this brings us great hope. In a world where things fade, and crumble and age and wear out. It is such good news that 
Jesus will be everlasting in his good and godly reign. We who follow him will experience his good, unending goodness under his rule. So, so hopeful is this message in the Bible that it's included in a familiar Christmas song. I don't know if you've heard Handel's Messiah, but that's a real old song that it comes on, I think it comes on Christmas radio from time to time, you may hear it. And so I just wanna show you another video of this song. Um, and so it's actually the lyrics of uh, what are on your handout, Isaiah chapter nine, verse six. And um, we read that a few minutes ago. So check out, this is actually done in an opera house, um, in an orchestra house in Australia. But uh, here, take, take a look at this. This may jog your memory on this song. Have you heard that song before? You're familiar with that? I don't know if you ever noticed the lyrics, but it's right out of the scripture right here, right out of Isaiah chapter nine. Those four titles come up for to us, a child is born. And that, that song actually, um, I don't know if it's your favorite flavor or style of music necessarily. I don't know if you put on classical, but uh, it does, you gotta admit, it has a, like a glorious, hope-filled feeling to it. Especially, you got so many people singing it. Some of those guys, I don't know how they sing, sing that way. It's pretty amazing. Uh, but this next verse in Isaiah gives even more clues about how Jesus will be that everlasting father. In Isaiah 9, 7, it says, The dominion will be vast and its prosperity will never end. He will reign on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and sustain it with justice and righteousness from now on and forever. The zeal of the Lord of armies will accomplish this. So basically, we have this promise that a vast, enduring kingdom with prosperity that will never end, I mean, that sounds like a great place to be, if you ask me. It sounds like the country we all long for, but none of us actually live in yet. The lost people in Isaiah were walking around in darkness, dis disappointed and distressed, and living a lot of pain and confusion, and they were famished and hungry and dejected. In contrast, imagine living in a place where it is full of light and joy. The spread of food is endless. It never runs out. The pantries are full. The inflation doesn't exist or even matter. Everyone's tummies are full and the relationships that we have with one another are filled with goodness. 
That is what we can look forward to if we follow Christ. So in that song that you just saw, Handel's Messiah, um, there's, there's actually maybe even more recognizable part of it. I'm going to show you another video clip, but this one is um, a little humorous. This is not in an opera house in Sydney, Australia. This one is in, I think, a junior high auditorium. And so this is another part of the song that you may, I, wa I want to show you because you may remember this, and you'll be able to see the lyrics on the screen too. So check this out. I guess I've got a short. Sorry, I don't know what happened there. Have you heard that part of the song before? Sounds a little familiar. Hallelujah! It's like when you get a good deal. You're like, yes, hallelujah! Uh, that's fun. So that actually is, this song handles Messiah that talks about Jesus coming. Um, that part of the song is from Revelation. In chapter 19, it says, um, I think we have this on the screen as well, too. I've got a lot of slides and a lot of videos, so you guys are doing a fantastic job up there. Oh, yeah, here it is. So this is from Revelation. It says, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. This is from the King James, uh, which is what that song is based on. The kingdom of this world is become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever, King of kings and Lord of lords. So much hope in that. That song, when it it's actually a really long song. When it first started. It burst onto a stage hall in Dublin in 1742, and it's been sung and played countless times since then. But really, it's got such uplifting truth and tones that really remind us of the truth in the Bible. And this really big point I wanted to convey today through this look at the Everlasting Father is this. Jesus invites us into his eternal kingdom that will never end. Jesus invites us into that eternal kingdom that will never end. When all good things do come to an event eventually, our life with him doesn't, doesn't come to an end if we trust him and make him our Lord. So just imagine God's prosperous, wide-extended, ever-growing, and unlimited empire of peace. Earthly kings, earthly fathers, however excellent they are, eventually fail, eventually fall, and eventually leave their people after a short reign. But Jesus, as the everlasting Father, will rule over his followers and bless them forever. So here's a few next steps you might consider today. One thing that you might do is, when things fail, put your hope in the only thing that lasts. Everything wears down, expires, breaks, gets outdated, and it should, every time something like that happens, it should remind us that things, everything in life is temporary whether it's physical items or our bodies or, or even just intangible, precious things that we really care about, most stuff in life tends to deteriorate. But true, everlasting life can be found in God. If you'd like to learn more about what it would be like to follow Jesus and to make him your Lord, 
not just somebody that you feel positive feelings to or you look at nativity scenes, but to really guide your life by what he says, let us know. We can share how one becomes a Christian, what it means to follow him. You can actually write that on your connection card. There's a spot for that. I'd like to, I'd like to know more about following Jesus. Another thing you might do this Christmas season is, especially if you're parents, point your family to their need for an everlasting father. So if you, if you are a parent, make it your priority this Christmas season, not just to get all the, you know, the presents ready and stuff like that, but also to focus your family on the right things. Um, all of the traditions and the holiday meals are really great, but life in obedience to God leads to much greater blessing than traditions or meals that go off well. Even after Christmas is gone, you can make it a priority, maybe in the coming year even, to invest your family into church life. And the third next step you might take today is for you to just personally enjoy time with your Heavenly Father. On your own, carve out some intentional time during this Christmas break. Maybe you've got some days off or you've got your schedule changes up a little bit. Maybe plan a time to go to God in prayer, reading His Word. Even, you know, it, even if you do have time off, it gets really busy this time of year, but carve out some intentional time to, to relate and talk with God and hear from Him. So this year, instead of putting our hopes in a fabulous Christmas present or a fresh new year or a better state to live in or all the other things we could put our hopes in, let us put our ultimate hope in eternity where God is inviting us to be reconciled with Him forever. So let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for this day, for this morning, a chance to celebrate the Christmas season together, to look at the incredible hope that you offer to us. Thank you for our families and our friends and those that we're able to celebrate with. Um, I pray that we would do these things, that we would remember you in this season and the incredible gift that you are to us. I pray that we would honor you in the way that we obey and follow you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.